Because great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. Great is, great is your faithfulness to me. Sing it now. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising, rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. From the rising, from the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. Great is your great is your faithfulness to me. Great is great is your faithfulness. Come on, think of something you're grateful for. Great is your faithfulness to one last time great is your great is your faithfulness to me though the storms may come and the winds may blow i'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come Though the, storm, though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I will remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your great, is your faithfulness to From the rising sun to the setting sun, I will praise your name. From the rising, rising sun to the setting sun, I'm going to praise your name. Great is your great, is your faithfulness to me. Sing this little part. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Come on, declare. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing. 
your unending love, amazing grace. We thank you. Come on, thank him. We thank you for your, come on, lift your hands. Say, I thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you for your amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I once was lost, but was blind but now I see one more time when we've been there ten thousand years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to see praise than when we first begun. Well, find a couple of people, give them a big old hug and tell them you're glad they made it to church. His mercies never will come to an end. They are new. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great. 
great is thy, great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. The Bible says psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know, there's something about old hymns. I know this sounds funny to you, but right after I got born again, I, I was raised in a Baptist church. Now, understand, I only went Christmas and Easter. I did go during summertime, whatever they called that, um, vacation Bible school. Yeah. And, and I remember singing hymns. After I got born again, I went home and I got an old Baptist hymnal and sat in the living room. And as much as my memory, I sang every one of them that I could remember. Just sitting and singing and sitting and singing. Just a little church service all by myself, just me and God. You know, and I learned right then that you can get in the presence of God anywhere. You know, and sometimes the Spirit of God will just lead us to go back and sing some of those old songs. They were written during revivals. They're full of the Word of God. They might not, they might not be the same style we do today, but I'll tell you what, they're good songs, aren't they? Yeah. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the anointing of God in this building and on all of us in this room. I trust you that our best days are ahead. We, and I'm just going to obey God. I just take authority over pain. I'm going to say something. You don't need it. Don't, don't accept it. Just say, I don't have it. I'm not going to have it. I don't have to have it. It don't matter how old you are. You don't have to be. You don't have to have it. Just say, no, I'm not having this in Jesus' name. Well, if we got announcements, hit play. Word of Life Church. We're a church with a vision to grow Christians. The way we do this is by loving God, loving people, and loving life. Now let's dive right into our announcements. Next Sunday is our leadership meeting at 6 o'clock. July 23rd from 4 to 7, we are having a Young Adults Lake Day. This is for ages 18 to 40. If you have children, please arrange childcare for this is an adult-only event. We'll be on the lake from 4 to 6 and inside with food from 6 to 7. Make sure you RSVP so we can have a headcount and you can have the address. We look forward to seeing you there. August 13th through the 15th, Reverend Kevin and Annie Durant will be with us ministering for both morning services Sunday morning as well as Sunday night at 6 and Monday and Tuesday nights at 7. We are excited to announce that William Federer, a nationally known speaker, best-selling author, and president of AmeriSearch, a publishing company researching America's heritage, will be with us July 30th during second service. Federer is a former U.S. congregational candidate, appearing on numerous television shows, including Fox, CBN, TBN, PragerU, and thousands of radio programs, including Focus on the Family, Turning Point USA, and has been quoted or referenced in publications like USA Today, Washington Post, New York Times, and the like. Uh, next week, I'll be speaking for Andrew Walmack at the Karis Bible School out in Colorado Springs. And, and But I get a chance to go all around the country, a, a lot of addressing pastors. One of the things I found, history is not prophetic, but it is predictive. Mm. So 
past behavior is the best indicator of future performance. I'm Andrew Womack, and tonight our guest is Bill Federer. And I tell you, Bill is a real friend and such a blessing. He's actually one of the board members for Truth and Liberty, and this guy is a walking encyclopedia. Absolutely. And it is phenomenal what he knows. You do not want to miss this fantastic teaching on our American heritage. Kids on Fire Camp is July 25th through the 27th. This is for ages 6 to 12 years old. For more info, go to wolapopka.com slash events. The world will marvel as they said in Acts, these that have turned the world upside down have come among us. Departing Monday. Amen. And they will come home very different. I go to church. Amen. Are you ready to pray over this offering? Amen. Turn me down a little bit. I sound like I'm in a drum. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to sow. Thank you for this church. Thank you for blessing every person on the inside of it. And I say that every business prospers, every household is blessed, and everyone in here has more than enough in Jesus' name. Amen. got a little video for you, so hit play. You're baptized. I go to church. Well, that ain't what I Are you saved? You know what you need, Norman? You need to grab a hold of Jesus. He's the one thing that won't let you loose. Are you saved? I'm baptized. You're baptized. <laughs> That was a war movie called, uh, what was that, Fury? Oh, that wasn't Saving Private Ryan. That was Fury, the, the movie about the tank. The man in the movie there that asked him, are you saved, was not a Christian when they handed him that line. And he had to study what it meant in order to do the movie. And he got saved once he realized what he was asking that boy. So the word works all the time, doesn't it? Amen. It works all the time. Well, get your Bibles out and go to Revelation. We'll start here at Revelation. And um, I'm going to quote a couple of scriptures um, as we do. Uh, I want to talk about the church. I'm going to talk about church tonight. And I think you're going to really enjoy this. Jesus said, and, and I'll just ask you a question, is what he said important? Think about that a minute. He, what, what Jesus said is the most, if Jesus said it, it's the most important statement on the earth ever in the history of the world. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. Now, somebody ought to take a sign to Washington, D.C., and to the new world order and let them know that the gates of hell won't stand against the church. There's nothing on this planet that has the power to whip the church. Let, let's, let me just explain something to you. 
How many demons do you think tried to keep Jesus from rising from the dead? All of them. Unable to do it. So one demon in a politician ain't really going to do a whole lot. I'll just come over here. One demon in a, in a uh, what's, what's that? The Great Reset. What's that? Schwab dude. Someone ought to help him out with the fact that hell's a long time. I always want to know something. Why when you're 90-something do you want to change the world? Lord have mercy. At some point, take a break. Good Lord. I don't know. Some people just don't have good sense. But anyway, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. I want to, I, want, I think it's time to get back and place some emphasis. And let's talk about this, what we really do here and why we do what we do and what benefit is it. There's a great benefit if you understand it. Look in the book of Revelation here. I want to read something to you. One seventeen. And when he saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid, I'm the first and the last. I am he who lives. I was dead, not just physically, but spiritually. Behold, I'm alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of hell and death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands are the, and the seven stars are the angels. The word angels is the, is the Greek word angelos, which means messengers. The messengers of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are seven churches. He's writing a letter to the churches in the book of Revelation. Everything God ever did and ever will do, he'll do it through a church. Now, I didn't say that he won't do anything outside of the building. We understand that the church is people. But there also, I want to bring this to you, he wrote seven physical letters to seven physical buildings with seven physical pastors. There's more to the church than the spiritual aspect of it. When the Bible says, don't forsake your, the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, he's referring to a physical assembly. Well, I'm going to jump way ahead of myself. God is in the process of developing you. And there is no development outside of the physical church. Now, why is that? You say, well, I'm a Christian when I'm home and I'm watching. Yeah, you are. Try walking in love toward the people in the church or serving at home in your pajamas in front of the television. You can't do it. And the physical anointing, there, if I went around the room right now and I said, how many of you have been dealing with something during the day, during the week, and you walked into church? Just like we were just a minute ago, and the Spirit of God prompted me to sing a song that just popped up. And during this time, you started getting downloads from God. How many of you have had that happen? I have it happen all the time. And it's something about 
the, the gathering of the saints that produces an anointing that you don't have alone. Now, you can't produce it, and you, and you don't get it at home either. I'm not saying there's not a slop over. But if you could stick your head in the trough, would you like to have that or the slop? Boy, thank you. Y'all are exciting. So there is a physical place called church. And Jesus recognized it. The Bible recognizes it. And, and today, the, the, the church, the Christians in America, need to recognize why God put you and said, congregate here in front of me. Now, you are the temple of God. So, so you stop and think, well, wait a minute. I am the church. Yeah, you are. But there is a corporate body that, that has a greater anointing on it than anything else on this planet. There's things God does in you in a physical church that can't be done anywhere else. They can't be done. And he won't do it. He won't do anything outside of his church. So if you and I are dealing with flesh, and flesh is selfish, wouldn't going to church be one of his ways to start trimming it off you? Now, what is faith? I know, oh, you're, just, you're in a faith church. and just What a question. Faith is nothing but obedience. That's all faith is. A- Abraham obeyed God. By faith, he left Ur of the Chaldees by faith. By faith, Noah built an ark. So we could say Noah obeyed God. People who don't go to church have no interest in obeying God at all. So don't sit at home and pray to him because he ain't talking to you. Well, y'all got quiet on me. God will make sure that there's enough people in this church to irritate you that you could work on your love walk until the rapture. If not here, then at another church. I'm, that other churches, there are more goofy people than this one. Well, I'm just teasing. I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm, I am really joking. They're about the same equal. I've asked other pastors. He said, we have the same equal number of goofy people that you do over there. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, we're going to stay here a while. We're going to stay right here a little while. We will bounce around. Ephesians 4, verse 11. There's three things you can't get at Walmart. Righteousness, peace, and joy. There are three things that are the most valuable three things on the planet. Righteousness, peace, and joy. I mean, let's just stop and think about that for a minute. There's three things money can't buy, righteousness, peace, and joy. There's three things you can't get in your will, righteousness, peace, and joy. But you can sure get them in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. They're free of charge, but obedience is required. I like what Mark said. He says, there's, if you're a Christian, but there's some assembly required. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he, that would be Jesus, gave some apostles, 
He gave some prophets, and he gave evangelists, he gave pastors and teachers. Now, he's referring here to the fact that he gave to the church five ministry gifts. Now, I'm not all of them. Uh, Kenneth Hagin's not all of them. Kenneth Copeland's not all of them. Joyce Myers is not all of them. But yet, every one of them have a very different thing they're supposed to be doing. Brother Hagin made a statement. I'm going to say what he said, and I'm going to tell you this. I think the most important person in this lineup is the pastor. Now, why is that? Well, when you get, when there's a funeral, call Copeland. He's not coming. When you're in the hospital, call Jesse. He isn't coming. I know that you have your favorite preachers, but they're not going to be there. The most important person in your house is your mother, not the coach of the football team. Because she's the one that makes sure you brush your teeth and clean behind your ears and get your homework done. And, and a lot of times, we have a Mother's Day, we don't have a coach day. You let football players go, they'll have one. I'll guarantee you they'll have one. There's a reason for that. There is a person who's watching over you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is a person anointed to, make, to, to lead the church and guide the church, and God set them there. Now, let me stop for a minute so you don't think I'm just wanting to point at myself. I'm not. I didn't ask for the job. I was told to go, and I kicked and screamed. I knew the price it would cost. I told Lisa when we got married, I said, you marry me, it'll cost you more than being married to any man on this planet. And you need to know that. And she's kind of like, I know. Later she went, I really didn't take you very serious. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So out of this lineup, the pastor, but, but all of them are important. Now, I'm going to read to you what he says. Many of you, we read this before, but it bears doing it again. For the equipping of the saints, that means that God has equipment for you. What's the equipment for? To get a job done. You know, I always pick on Tanya and pick on her again tonight. You can be a police all you want to. But until you are a member of a department that will let you have a car and a gun and a license and a, and a backup and a radio, you're, you're really not very successful at it. You, it's a team effort. And if it's not a team effort, then she's alone and she's going to get eaten by lions. The same with you. You need a church to get equipment in and they're in the church. And they're in the ministry gifts, and they give them out as the Spirit wills. So it says, for the equipping of who? Say the saints. Say, that would be me. Now, that means that the church is not only a spectator sport. Where you sit and watch like a football game, and then you go home and go, when we won today... You've never been on the field. How did you win anything? But yet Christianity 
If you're not on the field, you're not on the team. Everyone's required to be on the team and on the field. Everybody who's born again has a job assignment to do. And you find it at church. The, the, the ministry gifts bring that equipment and that assignment to you. So let's read. The equipping of the saints for the work of what? Ministry. ministry. Now wait a minute. Does that mean that everybody in here is fivefold, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher? No. Let me make a statement to you, and I want you to think seriously about what I'm fixing to say. You're closer to ministry than I am. When I worked construction, every day I had the attention of all the heathen I worked with. I don't have that anymore. I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed reaching out to people who knew nothing, that needed hope and love. I was shooting a competition one day, pistol, and one of the men there made a statement, something Mary, the mother of God, or something. Sweet Jesus, the mother. People say stuff. And I commented to him in the presence of about 15 guys. When I made a comment, all of them gathered around me and asked me questions about Jesus and Mary and God. They went, Pastor, answer a question for us. Because I told them, that, very, that didn't do you a whole lot of good. And they said, why did you say that? In other words, they had heard religion, and they wanted to know why what they said wouldn't work. And then I talked to him about the name Jesus. I talked to him for a minute about Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead. And all of them went, oh, that makes sense. That's satisfying to me to have people around me that are hungry for God. Now, you understand, church is, is, is ministry, but it's different. Really, all I can do is pour into you. I, you have to do ministry or this church is failing. So is every church. So you're called to minister. It's not glamorous. It was never supposed to be. People are people everywhere and God still loves them. And he needs his church to influence society. If we don't influence society, society will go down the drain. The church, he said, you're the light of the world. What is that? You're the salt of the earth. What is that? Well, if you've ever slaughtered a pig, uh, where a popka, old popka knew what I was talking about. You salt him down real good and hang him in a smokehouse. And you better not eat him like that either because you'll be drinking water for a month. You better soak all that salt out of there before you start slicing ham off that thing. Ask me how I know. 
One Christmas, my, my, my father went and bought a whole smokehouse of hams, and we hung it on the back porch, and I took a slice of it off, went through it in a frying pan, and I drank and drank and drank and drank and drank, and I thought, I asked them, I said, that's salt. They said, soak, soak it before you cook it, Morgan. Never mind. Anyway, I learned the hard way. So let's read, let's read this. Let's read some more. And the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. That means that the ministry gift is here to lift you, encourage you, and to edify you, and to minister to you. That means this. Now think about this. You, get, you're, you come in Sunday morning, you've been dragging through the world all week. Listen, don't be deceived. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow. What do you think that world is out there? It is the valley of the shadow of death. You're around heathen. You're around devils. You're around sickness and disease. You're around unbelief and, worst of all, politicians. And it's a hell out there. And then you need a place where you can come in, get refreshed, get, get the water of life freely, feed on the bread of life, get in the Word of God, get anointed by the Holy Ghost, fight, be around people who love you. No matter how bad and good or ugly you are, you need a no condemnation place to rest and relax because you can't all afford to go to the beach. But listen, you need that. You need that. God wouldn't have given it to you if you didn't need it. And the beach, and, and I love going. Lisa and I are going to Hawaii. What? Two weeks? Thank you, Jesus. But you understand that when I go to church on Sunday, I'm working. I'm just going to take, I'm, I, have to, I have to leave here to get off work. Don't you say I had to leave church to get off work. Don't you dare say that. But well, you know what, Lisa, and I'm going to tell you this. I've got to tell you this story. I, to, I think I told it to you already. You're just going to hear it again because I love telling the same story over and over. She came, in, she came in the living room and she looked at me. She said, I want to go to Hawaii. And I, and I gave her my pat answer. You go talk to your father. Because I ain't getting you to Hawaii. I went to Hawaii one time and a bowl of Rice Krispies and coffee was 20 bucks. And that was 20 years ago. And I have lost nothing in Hawaii. I thought, I won't go back to Hawaii. Ain't nothing but a rich beach there. You know. So, get a phone call about two hours later from a guy and says, I'm going to Hawaii. Uh, we have a house for you. We have a car for you. And we're going to take you scuba diving, jump out of a helicopter take you fishing and take you. I went, we're going. <laughs> That's the difference in you doing it and God doing it. There's a big difference in God. And I told Lisa, I said, see there, your father, next time you want something, go talk to him. She said, I know now to talk to him about everything. I don't talk to you anymore about nothing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It says, until we come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. That word means mature. Now listen as I say what I'm going to say. God is in the process of growing you up. Though you are born again, if you've prayed a prayer, Jesus come in my heart, be the Lord of my life, you're born again. But it does not mean that you're a mature believer. It does not mean you look like Jesus, act like Jesus, walk like Jesus, or talk like Jesus. As a matter of fact, you probably don't. So God has a church for your development. And without it, 
you will not develop. Now, I said something a while ago joking. Now I'll say it non-joking. Working with people. I've quit this church more than you have. I've had days when I said, I will never walk back in there again. It's just not easy. Dealing with people and dealing with, with stuff and just be a hermit, move to Alaska and get a fishing pole and find a, a cabin and just get on the internet and watch Copeland or something. Just, to me, that would sound like the dream come true. You know, Amen. But it's not. Because there's no development. I would say that, that I've been influenced and matured more than anybody that's ever been in this church. This church grew me up. I had to. Think about that a minute. I went through stuff. Yea, though I walked through. God didn't redeem me from it. He allowed me to walk through it and to grow up in the middle of it. And I will say this, I'm better for it now. I'm way better for it now. I would not have made it where I am today had not I obeyed God and taken this church. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. We have people that go to this church, they've been here for a long time. And I'm going to tell you something. You can see the development in them. I'm going to say this, I'm, I'm, I'm very biased. We've got teenagers deeper than most Christians in this city. We've got children who will get you saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and cast the devil out of you, and they haven't even graduated from elementary school yet. It's the truth. And I'm quite proud of that fact. But the rest of you, I'm waiting. Now look at this word right here, the unity of the faith, just for a minute. The opposite of unity is division. The world operates by division. Divide, Satan operates by divide and conquer. God does not tolerate division. Division means two visions. You're not allowed to go into the church and bring your vision. There is one vision, his. We line up with his vision or you can forget it. I talked to you not too long ago about building a house. When you're building a house and you're the electrician, get the blueprints and you're not allowed to change them. You can lay, you can put the wires, but you're going to put them where he said. And you walk in a church, you're going to do what he said the way he said do it. And someone said, Pastor, you said, and I went, I didn't write the Bible. It's, I'm not, you, don't, don't buck what I'm saying. I'm quoting scripture. I'm just giving you the word of God. I have an opinion, but it isn't worth much more than yours. Thank you. So it says, it says, until we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, let me stop here for, for a minute. We'll get into this more in a minute. Most Christians don't even know who they are in Christ. Mo it says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Thank God for churches everywhere. And, and there's good when there's, there's, churches are like cowboy movies, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's all of them out there. Okay. 
and there's and I got friends that preach the gospel and they're great churches um, around town. They're just great churches. There's also other churches that I've been around and the pastor doesn't even know what the book of Romans is about. I've had them look at me and go, well, there's none righteous. No, not one. And I'm going, well, did, you actually went to Bible school, right? You are aware that, the, that you're not righteous by law, but you are righteous by faith. You are aware that you have been made righteous. Oh, no, Reverend Darrell, there's none righteous. No, not. And he's pastoring. And I'm going, oh, help him, Jesus. No idea what Jesus is doing. I have no idea about the death, burial, and resurrection. I has no idea about identity. I have no, wouldn't know the devil if he came in with a red hat on. Because they lack knowledge. What you don't know will kill you. You want truth. What's the opposite of truth? It's a lie. That's a heavy statement. If you don't know truth, you're believing a lie. Now, I didn't say you were believing it on purpose. I didn't say you are a liar. I said you have been fed a lie, and you've believed a lie, and you don't know any better. And you won't know until you step out of it and get some truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth, and the truth would set you free. So you need church to get truth. God sends the word of God. He sent his word and healed you, but he sends his word through the ministry gifts that he puts in the body of Christ. Now, understand this. I'm going to help you with this for a minute. There are things God will talk to you about privately. But if he gave a subject to me to teach you, he won't teach it to you but through me. If you don't come to church and get it through me, you won't get it at all. Never. If he put a message in through Kenneth Copeland, you're going to get it from Copeland. Or you won't get it. Well, I'm of Hagen. I'm of Copeland. No, you need to be of truth. You seek and you'll find. You look for it, and God will make sure you get it. But li- listen to listen to just listen, if you're not looking, you won't find it. Truth won't fall on your head. You can sit in church and truth's being preached, and you didn't get it because you weren't looking for it. All right, I'm going to prove something to you. How many of y'all remember the last time you bought the car, when you bought the car you're driving, right now, the one you're driving, and you remembered when you got in it, you saw that car everywhere you went? You're like, "Ah, there's a white truck, there's a white truck, they were always there. You drove past 20 of them, never even saw them. But isn't it funny when you're looking for something, how it just all of a sudden pops out of the woodwork? Your knowledge is based on your hunger. If you don't have a hunger for truth, you will never have truth. That's a heavy statement. 
You have to, you, he said, buy the truth and sell it not. You can't buy truth. What's he talking about? It's going to cost you to get it. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you effort. And it's going to cost you, it's going to cost you a separation of something in order to get a hold of truth. You have to walk away from something to get something else. So there's a lot of people, it says in the book of Ephesians, that Paul said that he's going to pray that you'd have the knowledge of God. Now, now we're going to get, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. Let me just get ahead of myself a minute. The Bible is revelation knowledge. Do you know what I mean by that? It is knowledge that cannot be acquired through the five physical senses. Can't. You can, there's nothing in your eye gate. There's nothing in your ear gate. There's nothing in your taste buds. There is not a microscope on the planet without a Bible. There are things you will never know. There's no evidence on the planet anywhere except in that book. You can't, I, I look at people all the time and say, you know you're a spirit, have a soul, live in a body, and they go, well, huh? What does your spirit look like? I don't know. Looks like you, I guess. Well, how do we know that you are a spirit? First Thessalonians 5.23 said you are. If we didn't have that verse... Now, in the world, they say you have a, um, a conscience or you have a subconscious. You, now, don't, now, if you went to school for this, please don't throw anything at me. <laughs> Twelve years of psychology, you will walk out as dumb as a rock if you don't have a Bible. You can't study man without a Bible. Impossible to do it. You can't, you don't, you won't understand soul. You don't understand the renewing of a mind. You do not understand the blood of Jesus. You don't understand sin. You can't. Can't be done. You can't get a microscope and find your spirit. And you can't find a devil. But you can tell they're there. And I'm preaching better than y'all, amen. But anyway. So there are things that unless you get in church and unless you get your mind renewed, and, I, and, I'm not and I'm talking about your soul, I'm talking about your mind, your will, and your emotions, not your brain. Your soul is not your brain. Now, ask a psychologist that one. So the rich man in hell, Abraham said, do you remember? Where's his brain? In a box? in a grave on the earth? How's he remembering? Because you have two brains. You have, you have a brain and a mind. Shondai. I'm gonna ask you another one. How does your spirit talk without a brain? You do it all the time, you pray in tongues. Do you know you don't know? 
Do you know that nobody knows? But you know if you sit around and try to figure it out, you won't do it because you will just figure out that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Everything God does appears dumb. And we're going to go take this city and you're going to shout it down. You're going to go. We're going to shout it down. Yeah, the seventh day. <laughs> Peter, feed, this, feed these people. I don't have that kind of money. Well, just give me that lunch. Blessed it. That, that's, that's crazy. I'm going to tell you all a story. I went, when, I got, when I had, um, um, what, what did I have? What did, what did I used to have? What was my heart problem? What was it called? Oh, no, not a fail. Well, congestive heart failure. I forgot what I had. <laughs> Some things you just need to forget. Well, they, kept, they told me to come to the doctor, and they wanted me to, um, they wanted to put paddles on me and knock me back out of AFib. So I said, well, okay. And so they knocked me out. And when I came to, he said, um, do you speak Spanish? I said, well, I, I can get coffee and go to the bathroom. Yo quiero café con leche en donde está el baño. Es muy importante, sí. Gloria a Dios. He said, no, that wasn't it. He said, you were talking a foreign language. I said, oh, tongues. <laughs> and he's a physician. He went, what? <laughs> now, he said this to me. We knocked you out. Your brain wasn't working. How were you able to talk with your brain shut off? I said, oh, my spirit was talking. And he went, what? I said, my name is Dr. Morgan. You need to come see me. <laughs> you know, the world, I mean, I, I would have loved for them to have videoed me laying there knocked out. My spirit's going, don't you dare kill him, you know, whatever he's <laughs> But I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, laying on a table, it knocked slap out. But my spirit man had no drugs in him that day. And he's just down there just having a, having a move of God. But now, see, listen to me. The, the Bible is revelation knowledge. You have to get over your five physical senses to believe it. Because it doesn't make sense. You know, and you'll hear people, well, you know, how'd you like the service? And, well, it was okay. What'd you just tell us? You're operating 100% in five physical senses. You... There's a spirit world more real than this one. There's demons around. There's angels in the room right now. Spirit of God's in here. Listen, you can't see it, and it's more real. This world was made out of that one. But just because you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. Remember a while ago we were reading the book of Revelation. It says to the angel, there is an angel that's dispatched for every service we have. And the moment Lisa gets up, the angel goes, 
comes in and brings the anointing for that church service. Very often it's that angel that's given me direction along with the Holy Ghost on what he wants done during that service. Now you can't see it, but if you walk with God any length of time, you can sense he's here. Amen. Amen. Let's move on. I mean, I'm, I'm just getting started. I'm just, I ain't got off point number one and a half yet. It says, till we come to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man or a mature man, God actually does want you to go into maturity. Now, most people don't believe that can be done. It can I've heard people all my life say, well, everybody's got to sin a little bit every day. No, you don't have to sin at all. You can actually walk, talk, and act just exactly like Jesus. I didn't say that many of you were there, but it should be a goal. Amen. All right. That we, the, the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. Wow. Adult children? Yes. I'm just going to use my notes now. Let me finish reading this because I'm just going to... Let me read it. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful plottings. Okay, let's, let's, let's go. Not everybody out there that calls themselves a minister is, is preaching truth. Now, I'm, Lisa and I, I'm going to talk a little bit about Melissa and I, but that's the only safe place I can go. We have family that don't live in Apopka. We have members of the family that we visit and we have had to do quite a bit of praying because some of them are real messed up. And they go to church. Y'all know what the church of Christ is? Don't believe in no instruments, don't believe in, you know. They all go to the barn dance and hoop and holler and scream and jump, but by God, not in church, not in God's holy house. And you're like, bless your darling heart and your ignorant head. And then the sovereignty message. Oh, we, we walk away from our church. We run into this everywhere we go. Well, you know that God uh, in his sovereignty has allowed. You know all things that are happening to you, good or bad, are working together for your good, Brother Daryl. No, I don't know that. <gasps> Well, that's Bible. I said, well, you just read a half verse. You forgot the part about praying the Spirit so that he could work. Amen. But, but you understand, there's so much ignorance. Justin, he, he's, he's, is he in here? Just, Justin and Lisa are on the phone with people outside of our church a lot leading their children to the Lord, though they've been in church all their life. 
The other day, Justin led someone that we all know to the Lord. And he said, um, he called her and he, listen, when a teenager wants help, they're going to call a teenager. So they call Justin. He's closer to their age. He ain't calling me. And, and he might call Lisa, but he ain't calling me. And so Justin's on the phone with this young man, and he said, and he's asking him questions. And finally, Justin goes, Are you saved? And he goes, Well, I was water baptized. And, he, and Justin went, Well, he said, Did you ever pray a prayer? He said, Yeah, my dad told me to pray one. But he said, I just did it because he made me do it. I don't know what I said. And Justin said, well, that's your problem. You're not even saved. He said, what's that? Folks, I'm telling you the truth. We run into this a lot. Lisa, when she goes home, always has one of the boys pick her up at the airport. She'll have them talking in tongues before they get to home. (laughs) We're kind of like, this is the music when we go to Tennessee. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) Woo-woo! But you know what? In all reality, some of them come to see Lisa and, and privately and go, I need some prayer. I need some help. I, I'm messed up. I don't know what to do. And, and you know what? We keep relationships with everyone for that reason. They got to have somebody to call. Now, we don't get invited to the picnics. Well, some of them we do. Because you're going to talk about Jesus right in the middle of a barn dance. Yeah, that's not real good, you know. A hee-haw. No, up there they'll talk about Jesus. But he said, you won't be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And, the, and folks, it's out there. You, you don't have to go far past Facebook to hear everything on the planet goofy. If you want goofiness, you can find it. And yet, sometimes it'll try to find you. But he uses a word here, to not be children. Did you know that just because you're born again doesn't make you mature? Yes. That's a heavy statement, isn't it? Just because you're born again. Now, I'm going to read something here. Oh. Let me do this first before I get into that. Let me read this first. Verse 15, but speak the truth in what? In love. Now, let me make a statement to you. You can't help anybody without truth. You can't help a soul. You can can sympathize. You can pray. You can love them. But if you can't give them truth, you cannot get them free. And you have to speak it in love. Your motive has to be helping them, not that you're right and they're wrong. You have to humble yourself under the mighty hand. You got to be humble when you start walking and going, well, so here's my question for you. What? This is how you answer people. This is how you do ministry. What does the Bible say about that? And you'll, sometimes you'll get a, 
I don't know. Sometimes they'll give you an answer and you're like, well, that's not really so. So when people come to you, and they'll come to you in this church. Well, you know, pastor's talking about tithing. I don't agree with him what he says about tithing. What do you think about it? What's your answer? What does the word say? Well, how much money do you make? That's not the answer. Well, I'm going to tell you what. He don't have the right to be pushing you. You, you know, you don't make a lot of money, but just don't pay any attention. That's not the right answer. Nobody said, give me your opinion. You can't get someone saved, with, uh, delivered with your opinion. What does the Bible say? Well, it says, given it shall. Well, you think God lied. Well, I didn't say lie. Well, then do what he says. That's, you can't help. If you can't give them someone the word, well, here's the thing. What if they ask me a question I don't know? Why don't you know? Why don't you know? Every one of us, you're called and equipped to minister. That means that God is going to send you to people who need help. And you can't sit there and go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, how long have you been in church? 35 years. <laughs> Are y'all out there? You go home. The reason you're here is you're being equipped, Amen. and you're going to be leaving here in a little while. And tomorrow morning, you're going to get up and go right into hell. That's right. Demons, devils, and and there's going to be people sitting around you hurting and crying and whining and cussing and fussing, and you're going to be praying for a new job. You don't need a new job. You need to stay right where you are, right in the middle of that mess. God will meet all you need. He'll take care of you. But there's people there, and God loves them very, very much. And he needs you there. That's good preaching. Like on the movie, he says, are you saved? Well, I'm water baptized. That's not what I ask you. That's on a, this guy's about to, he's on a battlefield. You could die any minute. You could What's the guy that the Navy SEAL that his wife was afraid that he'd die? He came home and died. Honey, you can get out of the will of God here and die. Don't pull your husband out of the will of God trying to save his life, women. Let him follow God. Well, that's good preaching right there. I can't watch that movie because of that. It just bothers me to know him. There's another movie Lisa watched one time, The Angel and the Bad Guy. This, this guy gets born again, and she takes his gun away. I hated that movie. The bad guys came and tore up the sound, and he finally went out and dug the gun out of the barn, killed all the bad guys, and then threw it in the river. I'm thinking, that must be all the bad guys on the planet. I don't know. It just... I have a hard time with Christian movies, y'all. I, I watch heathen movies because I know what they're going to do. That one that we went to see the other day, what was that called? That's a fantastic movie. Yeah, you ought to go see it. Anyway, 
All right. All right. Speaking the truth in love may grow up. God wants you to grow up. Into all things through the head, whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint does what? Supplies. Now listen to me. Every one of you that are sitting here right now, you are bringing something to church. And we need you. We need you. You have a part. You have something you do. You, listen, I get up here and preach, but I don't, I don't clean the church. I went in the other day, and I looked in the kitchen, and it was clean, and, and I've never seen it clean. <laughs> Didn't know what it looked like clean. And I looked around, and, and Nikki said, Nikki said, yeah, I got in here the other day washing the dishes, and then I emptied, and I went, oh, I can't stand it. I said, kudos to you, girl. Good God. So you know what? If it looks like that again, I'm going to call Nikki and go, Nikki, you need to get back in that kitchen one more time. <laughs> but you know what? Thank God for the nursery. Thank God for the women who take these children over there so mothers can come into church. Are y'all? You understand? Thank God for the youth. Thank God for those guys right now making in there, preaching the Word of God, taking these kids off down to the river and spending a week with them. I don't want to go. Do you want to go to the river and take a bunch of teenagers? I don't either. Well, I'm thank God that Megan's going. And all the other people that are going with her. And, and, and it's, I'll tell you something. I'm, my days of sleeping on a couch in a hotel are long over. Just let me do my job. And then we got my lovely wife over here. Lord have mercy. Now, let me tell you this. If she's missing a dime, in the, she'll find it. I'm going, let me just, just, I mean, the books, she's a perfection. But they're right. And Cindy Robinson used to do them. And, she, and, and she's good. But you know what? People like that, they're wonderful. And greeters. Man, I love it when uh, people need to have, be, have their hands shook and, and a big hug when they come walking in the door. And then we got security so that nobody walks in here and grabs a kid and walks out. And they're not having it here. And very often they're not in church, they're out in the foyer. They don't even come in here. Thank God for these men that go, I want to serve, I want to do this. And then we got people in here who are good witnesses. You're, they're good at it. They get. The other day, Bruce, uh, he's not here tonight. Tell him I was looking for him and want to know where. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Bruce meets this young man someplace and says, you ought to go to church. And he shows up here, and, and, and he, he starts to come in, and he decides. There he is. Decide. Come here, Bruce. Come here, Bruce. See if I'm telling the story right. Where did you meet this guy? Uh, Winn-Dixie. Winn and then you said what? And, and then he got up here, and he didn't want to come in. He called his dad. And his dad is a tongue-talking devil chasing a holy roller. And he said, Dad, I'm not outside of church, and I'm afraid to go. He says, just go in. Came walking in the front doors. Well, it was two weeks ago. 
Justin met him and got him filled with the Holy Ghost. Just come walking in the door. But it didn't start with Justin. It started with Bruce. Just inviting somebody to church, come walking in the door and get them filled with the Holy Ghost. This happens all the time here. A lot of people get born again. And you say, well, we didn't see anybody get saved Sunday. That's because all of y'all guys get them saved before I ever get a chance to get to them. You stole stealing my thunder. We'd sing just as I am, but everybody's already born again by the time you get a hold of them. Just as you were when you came in. And the greeter cast the devil and got you through your sin. That's a good way. I should go on the road. <laughs> We're speaking the truth in love that we would grow up into all things into him who's the head, Christ. And the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying itself in love. Now here's the next thing that I want to talk about. All of the ministry being done in this church is not being done from my pulpit. There's a lot of ministry being done by people in this church with each other. Don't wait. Don't wait to come see me. If they come to you with something, sit down, open up a Bible, and start sharing the Word of God with them. There is no way one or two or three people can handle 300 people. You can't do it. Let's go back to Lisa's brother for a minute and his family. Up in Tennessee, it's, it's, quite a, it's quite a deal to watch the family work. We can go in there and there's two girls cooking. There's two girls in there watching babies. And there's two girls in there folding clothes. There's a boy outside mowing grass and taking care of the cows. And I mean, it's something because we'll have a, they'll, they'll have food and spread out all over their tables they got a table in the dining room and one stretching in the other room, and then they got a pool table and they've piled food all over. And there's liable to be 30, 40 people in that living room. Living room is about the size of our foyer. That's just the living room. And it'd be full of people. And then when it's all done, nobody says a word. Kids get up, haul all the stuff in the kitchen. They stand up on stools, start washing, drying, put it up. Gone. And you go outside, and one of the kids is washing somebody's truck, and someone's feeding the dog. And I mean, it's just like, it just works. But mama is not doing any of it. Come on, say, that's the way it's supposed to work. And it, you'll never hear in that house, mama, wear my socks. They're your socks, find them. You the one washed them and dried them, don't ask me. You want something to eat? You know where the refrigerator is. While you're at it, cooks dinner for everybody else. Why does that work for country folk and don't work in church? Say it should. It should. Yeah, it should. And, and there's nothing greater than to watch people in a church ministering to one another and coming and hearing all the testimonies of what you're doing. Now, listen to me. I know that not everybody you're talking to is getting saved. I know they're not all that's fine. Not everybody Jesus talked to, Judas didn't get right. 
There's people that I prayed for and talked to and, and, and they, they committed suicide or died and went to hell. I couldn't help them. I couldn't help But I was there. I did my job. I did my assignment. There's people that can't say, I didn't know. And God goes, I put a guy on this construction site that preached Jesus to you every day. But you don't have any excuse because you're the one who told him to shut up. And I didn't. Well, I kind of did. One of my bosses told me one time, he said, Morgan, I don't ever want to hear you preach again. I went, okay. I said, can I sing? He said, you can sing all you want to. I said, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like Bobby. I was looking for another job the next morning. That's true. They put me on another crew. Yeah, that didn't go real good. <laughs> There's a certain amount of rebellion still in there. I can you can understand that. He, go to Hebrews with me, chapter 5. Man alive. That clock is a liar. I'd cast the devil out of it. No, I better not. I did that to a phone one day at home, and it quit working. <laughs> Didn't it, Lisa? It just, I picked it up, and the dial tone was gone. It rang, and I said, don't you ever ring again in Jesus' name. Amen. Two days later, we noticed the phone hadn't been ringing. <laughs> Lisa picked it up, and there was no dial tone, and she said, you have destroyed our phone. <laughs> and we had to call. Remember, Southern Bell would give you a phone for free. They came and brought another one. I said, we don't know what happened to him. I said, don't tell her, honey. (laughs) My husband cursed this phone. It quit working. So the clock worked. I'm not. Ephesians 5, verse 12. So by this time, you ought to be teachers. He's not talking about fivefold. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Now, he's talking about people in a church. And he makes an astounding statement about some people. There are people who go to church year after year, year after year, year after year. And they're still in a childhood state. Or a babyhood state. I want you all to know this. Because at some point, God is going to require more out of them. And you can't get frustrated because you can't pray the prayer of faith for them. They made a choice to stay in a babyhood stage. And they sit in church and go, oh, Lord, (laughs) so do bluebirds. Norval said that and went over real big. It didn't do so good with me. (laughs) Everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. What does it mean, unskilled? You never made up your mind to do it. You're just sitting in church listening. You have to listen, take notes, and go, how does what I heard tonight apply to my life? Because until you figure out how to put the word into practice, it isn't doing you any good. Actually, you have no faith. Or you're not walking in the faith yet. Now, what is milk? 
Milk is all those sermons you say hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you Jesus and shout and run and wished I preached every Sunday. They're not the ones that you walk out and go, well, I don't think I like that at all. I just don't, I just think you had an attitude tonight. I did. It's a good one, but in other words, I took your your pablum and your 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 bingy away and your blanky and set you at a chair and told you to eat your peas and carrots. And you're like, I want peas and carrots. Well, then go hungry. Justin one time wouldn't eat his peas. And I told him, I said, you're not getting up from the table till you eat them. He fell asleep in his peas. And you know what he had for breakfast? Peas. Lisa told me, she said, you are mean. I said, no. I'm not cooking three different meals for three different kids. I'm not giving you what you want. You're giving you what you need. You're going to eat it. I'd rather come over here. I mean, I'm in the wrong church. Your kids wouldn't be sick if you'd feed them good. Make them eat vegetables. Don't ask them. Don't ever ask a kid. It's okay on their birthday. <laughs> Christmas morning or something like that. Every Christmas morning, Lisa makes sausage, biscuits, and gravy. Man, there's so much fat and cholesterol in that. It a he only cooks it one day a year. Don't ask for it any other time. You're not getting it. Jordan comes on, own salt, booze, and gravy. Lisa said, you miss Christmas. <laughs> Verse 14, solid food belongs to those who are full age. What is solid food? That's character preaching. That's preaching on right versus wrong. Now, let me tell you something. If you're accustomed to milk, that's going to be kind of tough on your little teeth. I'm gonna, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I've been overseas and seen boys that are 8, 9, and 10 reaching in mama's shirt for, for milk. And I'm like, slap that kid. Give him a burger. He don't need no milk. He's got teeth. Never mind, I shouldn't have gone down that road. I mean, some of y'all are like, Pastor, you crazy. Solid food belongs to those who are full age that by reason of use, until you're hearing truth and doing truth, truth doesn't mean anything to you. It becomes a normal way of life as you obey. You know, the first time you hear something... Your, your soul was most likely going to kick it out. Read the love chapter one day and tell me how you fared. Love is patient and kind. And it hardly notices when other people do it wrong. It keeps no record of wrongs. It is not rude and it is not unmannerly. And it believes the absolute best of everybody it meets. I just buried a lot of people. You know, 
simply the best. And I was, ah, you don't know who I'm working for. <laughs> it's good for you though, isn't it? I'm trying to quit. Go to 1 Corinthians 3, 1, and I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm over time, I know, but that's all right. You don't have, the kids aren't going to school in the morning. I don't think, if my, if my clock is right. Brother Hagen's got a book, and I didn't get a chance to get into it tonight, called Growing Up Spiritually. It is a fantastic book. You really ought to read it. Talks about the stages of spiritual growth in people. And you can find where you are and see what, what you need to work on. It's good. But 1 Corinthians 3, 1, it says, Brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but carnal, as babes in Christ. I fed you milk, and not solid food. For until now you are not able to receive it. Even now you're not able, for you're still carnal. You have to have a diet, not every Sunday. Lord have mercy. Nobody wants to go to church and hear meat every Sunday. Nobody wants to hear live right every Sunday. Because then you're going to crawl out here and go, if he preaches one more sermon on live right, I'm going to try that. I'm not coming back. You can only handle so much of do right. You need Jesus loves me, this I know, who you are in Christ. You need all that. You need, a, you need milk. You need vegetables. You need more of that. But you're not going to grow up if nobody's ever teaching you stuff that your flesh goes, I don't like that. You ever been corrected? Talkativeness is one of the signs of childhood. You ever been around someone talks all the time? Just talk on They don't ever shut up. I was sitting with Mark one day having lunch, and I was talking, talking, talking. He said, you talk too much. And I went, okay, I can receive that. And I bandaged up my bleeding mouth and left. So the next afternoon, we were at downtown Mountain Door, and Lisa goes, you had not said nothing all day. And I went, not going to. <laughs> but now, now, now listen to me. I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that. I want God to show me the areas he wants me to change. I want to know. I do not want to stay a baby. I don't want to stay a carnal Christian. I don't want to stay there. I, I, I want a certain amount of, you know, show me what I need to do to grow. Show me what I need to work on. And you need to pray that way. When you're reading your Bible, it's weed and feed. <laughs> there's scriptures that feed you. There's scriptures that will snatch some weeds right out of your life. And they're, and they're there for that reason. So let me ask you a question. You ready to grow? People ask me all the time about a move of God. You are a move of God. God wants more than anything for you to get to a place where he can use you more. Every one of us ought to have a great desire to mature into a place where he can hand the farm to you and a checkbook and some power, and he'll do it. And he'll do it if we'll submit to the Word of God and, and, and grow. Now, there are people who walk in this church, and I know this. You're uncomfortable in here. This isn't your cup of tea. This isn't the way you grew up. 
but you're in the perfect will of God. Stick. Stick. Let God work in you what He wants to change. Work on your love walk. If you're one of these people that every time somebody says something to you, you run out the door, you're in the right church. And God wants to get that out of you. Because if you're not walking in love, that is sin. They will know us by what? And Jesus is love. If you ain't walking in love, you ain't, you don't look like him. So how many of y'all think he's got work to do? Turn to Rosa and say, I think he's got work to do in you. Come on, Rosa, you can say it back to him. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's still working on you. Father God, I want to say thank you tonight. I love this church. I love coming here on Wednesday. I love coming here Sunday. And I've seen so much growth in people. I've seen people that, that when they came in here, oh, help me, Jesus, they were not doing so well. But they're doing good now. And they're, they're producing fruit. They're fruitful. They're growing I pray they'll run their course and finish their race. I pray they'll allow the Word of God to do its work in them, and they'll allow the ministers that come in here to minister to them on what the Lord gives them, and they'll grow because of it. Every year, I want them to look back and go, wow, I grew so much. I grew so much last year. And I give you praise and honor in Jesus' name, amen. I want to say something. I'm going to brag on our church a little bit. I had a lady that came in here one day. She's an, an elderly lady. And she says, Pastor Morgan, I want to have a word with you. Well, I don't never know what that means. <laughs> I've been called in the principal's office also. She said, you seem to talk down about yourself. I said, well, I kind of tell people about my mistakes. And she said, do you even know who you are? I went, well, I'm the pastor. <laughs> she said, I've been in, my dad is a pastor, and I have been in church all my life. I don't miss. She said, I've grown more in this church in one year than I have my whole life. She said, you are a good teacher. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. I needed to hear that. Because I have a tendency to kind of beat myself up like, well, you could have done better with that. But let me tell you something. You can grow if you want to. Amen. You can grow if you want to. And I pray that you will. I pray every one of you will, will take it upon yourself to say, I'm going to grow in God. I can't make that decision for you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, 
Our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.